Welcome to Hannibal's Horny Apache, a weekly dinner party where we watch and discuss an episode of Brian Fuller's Hannibal. I am your host, Sonia, your friendly neighborhood true crime nerd. Let's go around the table and introduce the rest of the party. Hey, my name is Celeste. I'm a nerd, an artist, and I am pissed about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm new, as you guys know. Yeah. I'm JJ, local nerd, local filmmaker, and the fanable of the three. And this week we watched Mukuzuk, which I think is how it's pronounced. I think it's a uh, Mukuzuke. Mukuzuke. Mukuzuke, which first aired March 28, 2014. This episode we pour out a 40 for our homie Bev. Yes, we did. And I'm going to do it now. That's <laughs> for you, Bev. <laughs> Hang your heads. Will puts out a hit. And we are overwhelmed by all the chests in this episode. Or at least me. I'm speaking on behalf of the podcast. <laughs> Uh, so this episode begins with Hannibal and Will both sitting down for their daily breakfast. You can guess which one looks better. <laughs> was the egg flip he did onto the spatula solely for Hannibal's own amusement? Like, so what? Because there's a scene where he's like flipping the egg, right? And he cracks it mm. on the spatula. I, I think it was for his own amusement. I actually have a note about <laughs> that. Um, they were showing Mass how to do that for that scene. And uh, Janice Poon, uh, who was the chef and uh, food decorator... Had all these eggs ready to go for that shot. Fucking mask got it on take one. And that's what you see in, <laughs> what? The, in the show. No way. Yeah. Well, because he was a dancer, he also knows how to juggle. So he already was like, you know. He, he knows how to aim. Down. And they're like, you know what? Well, fine, we'll just get one more for safety anyway, since we have the eggs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so cute. But anyway, okay. Uh, so Hannibal in casual clothes is always, like, nice for me. That's the only time I find him attractive is when he's in casual clothes. Because he looks less like a robot. Yeah. Less like a fake man. That fucking red sweater. <laughs> <laughs> like, Fan fictions across the land have talked about that red sweater. I think he only ever wears casual clothes that are, like, a dark red in color, too. I yeah, kind of a maroon. Yeah. It's, like, his color. Color blood. <laughs> maroon yeah, for that's maroon. That's why he wears it. <laughs> <laughs> but Hannibal being a right-to-die advocate annoys me, and his sighting of the hippopotamus oaths makes me want to kick someone. Me and Hannibal agreeing on something drives me to drink this Coke Zero, <laughs> so, which I almost spilled. <laughs> oh, breakfast at Hannibal's. You just want to smack him. Yeah, because how long has he been, like, we can assume Jack has been up all night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so he's at Hannibal's house. One thing that bothered me, though, uh, I was... One I, thing. One thing. <laughs> uh, well, the big thing, I, I was at lunch with my parents earlier, and I was like, oh, i got to tell this on the podcast later. Um, I don't know if uh, if Hannibal knew about... Um, Beverly. Knew about Bella's uh, do not resuscitate order. If he knew about that, would he have been prosecuted for failing to respond to her wishes? Like, I wanted to bring that up. I'm like, she has a do not resuscitate order. <gasps> But that's different. That's in the hospital. I know, but still. And I'm we pretty... want some legal help on this. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, I I think his if you're gonna have to, if he, if he did let Bella die, his case would be that she committed suicide, and you know he couldn't help her even if he wanted to or something. I'm sure he, he would think of some bullshit reason. Oh, yeah. Best thing I would think of is to move her actually. Maybe maybe she she he would move her to the waiting room. He never got to her in time. Maybe she died in the waiting room. Yeah. Something like that. It would be simple enough to just, you know. This is like, yeah, she died out here. Like, she has cancer. Of course she's going to kill herself. Exactly. So there was lots of ways around that, so I wouldn't have worried about it. But it still bothered me because I'm like, she had a do not resuscitate order. You knew her wishes, Hannibal. But he did that just to piss people off. Yeah, I think, yeah. 
such a cruel guy. Like, again, I bring up the idea from last episode. How is the cruelest thing he ever did on the show is letting somebody live? Yeah, so yeah. like I gotta get that on a shirt or something. It's like Hannibal, <laughs> cruel. <laughs> well, it's like like right, right in that opening scene too. Like Jack says, "You're a great friend, Hannibal," and I'm thinking here, "No, he isn't." Didn't respect her. The opposite of a good friend. Uh, but Hannibal. Oh wait, where, okay, where are we? So we get. Uh, so Freddie Lowndes appears again, and her hair is so unreal. This episode, it looks like a beautiful like. Uh, anime wig or something. You know, like, hair that can only exist in anime that flies on its own. <laughs> That's its own life. That's all I know about anime. So much volume. <laughs> but I love how she's learned since her encounter with Gideon and is now carrying a gun. Mm. Oh, yeah. I like that. Because she's, like, a lot of people don't seem to learn from their encounters with the horrible people on the show. I like that she does. Mm. But I think she, she's well, constantly trying to cover her butt, so. Well, she does read and write about them. Kill, you know, dangerous people all the time, so she probably knows. Oh, yeah. Well, that brings up the something from later where I'm like, uh, that she runs her true crime website, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally think about, like, when people bug me on the bus for, like, uh, to say hey and stuff, or, like, hey, you got a dollar, and I'm like, I never take a, I'd rather be perceived as rude than, like, give somebody the power over me, so I always pretend my headphones are in. Mm-hmm. Well, even if I'm not playing music, I'm still, like, staring <laughs> off into space. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, I can't hear you. Uh. <laughs> no comprende. <laughs> so I keep going. But uh, I kind of hated how she frantically goes for something when she sees Beverly's corpse and then you notice that it's her camera. I hated that. That's the only time I've ever really hated her because I'm like, she could have went for her phone first. But she again, she has no decency. She says so herself. She what? has no shame. She has no shame. Yeah. But I did like, conversely, that she um, she told Jack not to go in. Mm-hmm. I think that shows a, a level of respect she has for him in some way. Like, even though, like, he but uh, the first time we met her, he busted her ass and threw her into Oh, yeah. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. But I like that she <laughs> she respects him enough to say, like, you know the person. Like, don't go in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was really respectful. But, yeah, like, I don't know what she expected. I mean, everyone hates her, you know. Like, I know if I heard that from someone, it's like, don't go in there. You know them. And it's someone I hated telling me that, I'd be like, like, fuck you, don't tell me what to do. So, and I'd go anyway. And then you'd be traumatized. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, we just kind of uh, like, oh, shit. <laughs> yes. Um, but, so, my first question that brought, uh, that this episode brought to me, which is answered later, is how Hannibal was able to do what he did to Beverly in just one night. Mm. So, we get confirmation from Will that it has been a little more than 12 hours since her death, so Hannibal can get shit done. Yeah, he can. I was thinking about this at the gym. I'm like, so he works out... He cooks, like, four-course meals. He works maybe, like, nine hours a day. Like, when does he find the time? Well, I guess he's always, like, optimizing time. <coughs> like, even uh, when he was reading Freddie Lanz's website, he's probably, like, he's probably scheduled that in. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, check the updates. <laughs> so. Well, no, it's funny. Uh, I was reading a, a fan fiction. Really long one. <sighs> anyway, um, I've noticed that fans actually think, think of his uh, office hours a lot different than we do. Uh, almost... A couple that I read, everyone thinks that he works, he only has three or four patients a day. Mm-hmm. Three times a week and that's it. And then I thought, well, how fucking expensive then is it, <laughs> is it to go see Hannibal? You know? <laughs> I think only once, uh, and when there, he, he's talking to a patient, the patient actually asked him how much he is. And Hannibal just responds, I can also work on a sliding scale for those who need to. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you still didn't tell us how much it is. <laughs> 
God damn it. I can't wait to convey that question. I like it. Um, but I also feel for Jack this episode is this is his third failure. Miriam, Will, and Beverly. Yeah, I don't know about you, but if I was Jack Crawford, I would have, like, resigned by now. Yeah, I would have retired because, like, he lost Miriam. He lost, lost Will. Will and he and lost Beverly, Beverly is brutally murdered. If anything, yeah, I would have been the higher-ups and said, you know what, you... <laughs> probably, you know, with your wife sick, maybe you should... Take some time. You know, yeah, I feel, I feel it is both Will and Jack's fault if we are going to play the blame game. Uh, but I feel that Will is placing most of the blame on himself because he was the one who told her, like, you need the evidence to prove that Hannibal is the killer. But uh, Will is allowed to see the place where Beverly's body is found after being outfitted in the classic Hannibal Lecter costume, mm. a straitjacket, and a face mask. In reality, Will would probably still have a straitjacket, but he would have a bag over his head to prevent him from spitting on people. This is what I learned in jail documentaries. But why are you so concerned about people spitting? Ah, uh, because it's people. like a biological hazard thing. I don't know. Like it's more about blood, I guess. Too. They don't mm. want people to be able to bite. Plus, that's also like another thing that. Um, well, I suppose they would already know if Will had. Uh, <laughs> a disease of some kind, <laughs> like AIDS or something. That mm. is a weapon some, some oh, criminals okay. will do. They'll bite their tongue or something, so and they'll scroll the around blood it. and then Ooh. get it in your eye, Ooh. in your mouth, or whatever, Gosh. and then you can get it too. <laughs> well, That's another way of them attacking someone without having to do much. It's a dick move, but you know. I but so I was going to say. <laughs> so, yeah, when they go up to, to uh, before uh, Will gets you know packed up into his entourage and go see Beverly, I really loved. Where Jack and Alana are talking to Will in the in that secret room, and you don't hear the hear them talking. Yeah, it's just like really kind of. I love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's nice. Like thing. you can hear them talking, but you don't. It's not audible, and then you can hear that water rushing in the back, or maybe oh, again, of, the, it, of the of her melting. Yeah, you can hear the dripping, and then you can hear water rushing again because I w- I was listening to he- with yeah. headphones, uh, and I was like, ooh, that's really good sound design because that almost is a nice representation of. When you're being told something, like really heartbreaking, heartbreaking, something heavy, something traumatizing, I thought that was a good representation of you zoning out and just rushing yeah. stream. Oh, yeah. You hear it, and like it's it's like the sound of the blood uh, the blood in your ears. Yeah, basically, that's what it I thought that was cool. Yeah. So anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, back to the split hood. Opponents <laughs> <laughs> often, including police unions and associations, say the split hood can help protect personnel from exposure to re to risk of serious infection like hepatitis and uh, hepatitis C. Uh, but they breach human rights guidelines and people call them primitive. <laughs> so there's some uh, good and some bad about that. But yeah. So yeah, they're most important for protection from disease. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I have no clue why Jack would allow Will to visit or why Chilton would allow it without him being there. I know. I thought that was very interesting. But yeah. I think, I think they still had a weird, strange, like, because he still hasn't been proven guilty, you yeah. know? There's still a chance that he really is innocent and whatever, so. But, you know, when he was taking, taking off his garb and stuff, he, had a, like, yeah, he had a gun to his back, you know, just in case. <laughs> oh, <But> yeah. <laughs> but I, I was still like, yeah, like. Yeah, but Will, Will gives him a reason, but we never get get confirmation if Jack bought Will in order for Will to say goodbye to Beverly. 
Because, like, he's probably not going to be able to go to the Jack funeral. Jack was probably, mm. like, heartbroken, devastated about Bev's death. And maybe deep down he wanted to know what happened. So that's why he bought Will. Oh, Ooh, that's a good, good one, point. Yeah. yeah, like, he probably bought Will because he's like, okay, he'll know who the killer is. He'll, and do, he'll, do, he'll do his thing mm-hmm. and then be able to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's the thing I think it is, too. Because he's like, okay, he knows how to read these guys. He loved Beverly, too. He'll want to take down whoever hurt her. And so, yeah, like, I think that's probably why he did it. Um, I do love that Beverly's death does affect Will. Her ghost encourages him to examine the evidence rather than focus on his grief. Mm. Uh, basically what she says. Uh, we get a reimagining of what Beverly went through in the basement of Hannibal's house. Will cutting Beverly's body with a bandsaw reminds oh, me of that scene oh in Outlast 2. Anything involving saws and bodies freaks me out. Ooh. I guess for a like, good reason. Yeah, because when I was a kid, I saw somebody. Uh, somebody was sharpening an axe when I was a kid, and uh, the sh- the axe slipped and cut his hand. I'd never what? seen that much blood in my life. It was the worst thing in my life, and I was just like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like six, so of course I almost fainted. But I was just like, I would imagine so. Just the idea, like the the guy holding his hand and his wife freaking out, was the freakiest thing ever. Deep gash. <laughs> I have a fun film fact. Uh, that last shot. Uh, just before we go into him doing the, the pendulum, there's a, a shot where we the camera looks at, at Will, cue Dancy, and then it pans over to Bev, and she says, interpret the evidence, and then it pans back. Mm-hmm. That is, that actress's last day on set. Oh. That shot. <laughs> I'm set up, because I remember looking at the behind-the-scenes stuff, and that they're like, yeah, because every time a, a, an actor is done on set... And, they, and, they, and yeah. they've done their last shot. They'll say, that's a wrap for so-and-so. And then they'll clap and all yeah. that stuff. So that's what they did. So I always remembered that. And I was just like, oh, hey, that's your last day on set. And I'm like, because your <gasps> character died. <laughs> I'm I am like, so Ugh. sad about that. <laughs> Me well, too. the big thing, uh, well, because... Uh, we were talking about this off camera last week, but me, uh, JJ didn't start watching Hannibal until season three when mm. it was airing. I had been watching season two all through its airing, so I was around when this episode aired. Um, the week preceding, the week between this episode and the last one, everybody was freaking out about like, oh my god, they wouldn't really kill Bev. They right. wouldn't kill Bev, and so like, and then finally they confirmed this episode. Yeah, we yeah. we did kill we Bev, kill her. and so everybody was just tearing Brian Fuller a new asshole on Twitter. <laughs> It was the worst thing ever because they were like, how dare you kill one of the best uh, people of color characters on TV? How dare you, I Sarah? understand how they feel. I, I know how they felt, too. Because I was like, Bev's story, she was becoming, she was closely becoming the new Clarice Starling. Like, she was, like, a lot of people felt, I could understand the anguish because a lot of people felt that her story had so much more to go. Mm. And a lot of people were hurt by the idea that Hannibal kind of killed Bev to get back at Will. Like, I don't see it as that. Like, Hannibal killed her because she was getting closer to the truth. Yeah. And she was just the casualty of that. But yeah, you would not believe the hate that goes on and the people who are trying to forget. Like, oh yeah, we didn't, we didn't (coughs) massacre Brian Fuller on Twitter for killing (laughs) Beth. Like, but yeah, like, it was the worst. Like, everybody, like, people were harassing the actress on Twitter and stuff. Oh, wow. It kind of sucks how fans do that to the creators. Hmm. It's like... Bet, like I'm glad Bev, Bev had such a good storyline this season. Like she was so much fun in season one, but it was like, like it's their story. <laughs> like they're allowed to do what yeah. they want. Yeah, like, fair Bev, enough. Yeah, Beverly was a small character in Red Dragon, I believe. So it's like she could have had that role again in this story. So it's like, oh. mm. like I, I, I was about to send Brian Fuller an angry tweet too. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> 
so I want you to send him an angry letter. <laughs> I'm to send him a glitter and saying I hate you. <laughs> well, wasn't there like a site where you can send like glitter? Like, uh, glitter. glitter to your enemy. It is like spray glitter. glitter. At you. <laughs> Pocket sand. But yeah, it was like the worst because people were, um, people were actually threatening to stop watching the show too. Like after about. Well, that learned them. Did yeah, they? that learns them. But that's interesting you say that that the fans were like freaking out like that. Like I said, because I wasn't part of the fandom yet so i didn't know but one thing i did notice again because we all know that i read so much fan fiction um bev never dies again Mm -hmm. in fan fiction and we know i've read lots tons too much anyway (laughs) i can safely say no one lets her die again somehow in all their rewritings even when they're following show canon the same killers the same kind of things going on she she, she never dies she still lives and wow, so I, she's like a fan favorite. I, she is. She truly is. She's like, and everyone's she's, in denial. <laughs> yeah, like, and everything, Bev is the best friend to Will in oh, all yeah. fan fiction. So, oh, yeah. naturally. And I just thought that was interesting, if you say it, which would make sense to me now. Because I'm like, why? You know, you guys know she dies, right? <laughs> like, you should throw that in the occasional story you write. But now I understand why, maybe. story about that. Yeah. Bill's, like, point of view. Now that, now, since they have the control of the story in their fan fiction, they're like, no, Bev's gonna live. (laughs) it's like, That was just a nightmare. It didn't happen. And I do like how Bev in-universe is mourned, too, because they brought everybody from the FBI into that room to tell them that Bev died. Like, Mm. I think it's more of a formality thing, but I'm like... Technically, like, a, probably a bunch of people already knew who had died. And so, like, they bring all these people in. And that, like, it was standing room only in that boardroom. And, like, mm. it was really amazing to see how many people were affected by her. Oh, it was so heartbreaking to see, like, her co-workers just almost yeah. breaking down. Yeah, I wrote that in here. I was just like, uh... Well, we'll get to that part in a second. But I think the Windigo is scarier in motion, especially since he keeps changing sizes and heights. Uh, I don't know. I think... I, I wasn't really that creeped out by the Winnego this time. I was, because, actually. Because <laughs> I think, like, uh, them standing still, like, far away, and then, like, looking at you is, like, more scarier than, like, Oh, yeah, like the Slender Man? Yeah. Than them <laughs> moving about? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I don't like the moving, because he, like, he seems, like, again... He is seems, it more real? Yeah, he's changed sizes all the time? I don't know. It freaks me out. Because I don't like movement. Movement in things freaks me out. That's why I'm terrified of mice. You ever see a mouse move? A mouse will move yeah. really fast, stop, really yeah. fast, stop. Really, yeah, like, I, I think they're pretty cute, but I understand that way with spiders. Oh, yeah. Spiders oh, are cool. Especially spiders that can jump. Spiders. <laughs> well, because they're like that, because they're like there, and then they just get, like, they go really quickly and they just away from you, and then you, you look away for one second, and they're gone, and you don't know where they are in the room. <laughs> and I'm no, I no longer live in that house when it happens. <laughs> But, um, so we end the scene with Will talking, uh, Will saying she went looking for evidence. So you could see how Will was blaming himself because this is, Mm. she went, like, she went because he told her to. And so it was really sad for me because I'm like, if I had been with Will with his empathy disorder, with somebody Mm. he really cares about, like, that probably, that was why he later goes to the the lengths he does. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so, well, I'm just saying this now because I'm like, oh, that's why he tried it. <laughs> so I'm just like, uh, like, I don't keep all my notes. Like, the notes come up in writing here. <laughs> but but I love Chilton's shade. Like, the shade of it all. Also, is Will trying to seduce Chilton with his information? I think so. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. He knows exactly what Chilton wants, so he just says it like, it's like, he's going to be the one to catch him, Frederick. It's like, whisper it again, Will. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again, baby. <laughs> 
But we come back to um, Beverly's co-workers in the morgue. And Scott Thompson was breaking my heart when they're all in the morgue looking at Beverly's body, like when he's talking to Jack. Yeah, I always slam. felt that she and Jimmy had a closer relationship. Like him, uh, Jimmy and Bev. Uh, like, they hung out and went to check out boys. I assume Jimmy is gay because Scott Thompson is. So yeah. that's going to be in my mind. He's gay. Aww, <laughs> so, I know that. But I love Scott Thompson. He's one of my favorite people. Because, like, if it wasn't for him, I would not have grown up knowing what a gay man was. <laughs> <laughs> so he was my entry point into knowing what drag was, into knowing what gay men were, and which clubs to go to in Toronto if you're a gay man. So I was just like... <laughs> <laughs> you learned a lot. Yeah, he, <laughs> I, 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 he honor like he's one of my spirit uh, guides. I guess <laughs> it's like him is uh, was it what's the name of his character? Buddy Cole. He just yeah. appears in the sky. So. <laughs> but yeah, Scott Thompson just looks so heartbreaking, like a sad clown. Like because he's a comedian, right? So he's a yeah. sad clown. So sad. But <laughs> I also broke almost broke my TV when Hannibal ate Beverly's kidneys. Oh, just that's so angry. Yeah, just after the like we find her kidneys, we find the killer, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he like ate her. Her kidney and like smiled because he knew. Yeah, I was just like, you know those scenes where they throw wine into the fireplace? That was me. <laughs> I was just like, no. <laughs> that that plating looked delicious though. Oh yeah, it looked really nice. That with the little actual little mask there that covers <laughs> the famous Hannibal mask was in oh, his that, food. That was in. Oh. That was in his food. Another fun film fact I have for the. <laughs> Um, I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a film fact. I could be lying, but I'm pretty, pretty, pretty sure. Uh, the scene where Hannibal's cooking Beverly's kidney, we see the kidney, him preparing it, but then you see meat go into the, the meat grinder. Mm -hmm. That actually is, I think, different meat. Mm -hmm. And it was weird because they shot all these, uh, sh uh, shots of mass cooking meat all in one go in different shirts and different whatever cooking. So they... When they're like, we have this really cool shot of him pushing meat in a grinder. Is there a recipe we can fit in there, Miss <laughs> Janice Poon? And she's like, well, I guess there is, because I wouldn't necessarily, like, ground up kidney into, like, what there is something we could make. And that's the dish you see in oh, in the show. Wow. So she, she did scrounge something up. But, yeah, she was like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ground kidney. <laughs> I'm like, good to know. Oh, but I'm pissed because he will never be caught. I am so mad. He will never be prosecuted for Beverly's murder. Bastard. I know I hate the law. But I want the law to prosecute him. I'm like, I want him to suffer prison. <laughs> so he could eat that prison food. Yeah. Fancy food. But no, he eats fancy food in prison too. I know too, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's coming too. That'll be frustrating to no end. He's still eating fucking Gosh, fancy food. Darn it. It's like, there's even a scene in Silence of the Lambs where he's like, um, the cops are bringing him a second dinner and they're like, uh, uh, he wanted lamb chops. And so they're just like annoyed at him and stuff. Yeah, and like, extra rare. <laughs> what the hell is extra rare? Just... I think that's blue. Then. Yeah, that's what, like red uh, blood still meat coming meat. out of yeah. it. It ran into a warm room. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> they killed it. But anyway, um, the, uh, for, to get all filmmakery for a second, the layout and blocking of Gideon and Will's scene where they're talking together in that uh, in the bird cages. Mm -hmm. Just love that. It was so many layers, like all the all the bars in there, and like their faces and them not looking at each other because they're always like. Tetris pieces away from each other, so he's mm -hmm. facing away. Gideon's looking at him. He faces away. Will's looking at him. It was so cool. I just love that scene. It's like it's so compressed. I just love it. One interesting thing in there too is when uh, when uh, Gideon says to him, uh, "Hello, Mr. Graham," 
He says, you can call me Will. We're on equal social standing now. And I thought, that's so... <laughs> I love that, because I'm very hyper-aware of shit like that. So I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Since, <laughs> since Will technically is in prison, prison mm-hmm. and on trial and shit. You know, and like, Gideon is and prison. And had his same thing stripped away as Gideon. They are now of equal standing. And I thought... I really love this scene, too, because Gideon uh, repeatedly describes Hannibal as the devil. Like, I think... Um, he has smoke. He had that idea that he... Like, because he was brainwashed into forgetting Hannibal's identity, right? Like, he was brainwashed by Gideon? Or he was brainwashed by Chilton, I think. I can't remember, because he... he um, brainwashed by Chilton into thinking he was the Chesapeake. Yeah, so he forgot yeah. about Han- his Han- his encounter with Hannibal at Hannibal's house, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so he is describing the person that Will and Chilton met that he doesn't remember as a devil. Mm. It's like, that's the devil guy. And it, com- it comes up repeatedly again. But we'll get to that. Um, I really love Hannibal's dress shirt and that meeting he has with Chilton. Like, it's like this nice brown shirt. I'm like, brown shirts usually don't work for me because they look too ghetto, if that's the <laughs> Ghetto? <laughs> ghetto. Um, retro? Not retro. It looks too much like the 70s shirts, you know? Like, with guess, the, that is um, retro, then. Pornos that they'd wear. Oh, the corner shirt? <laughs> yeah. And so he's wearing, like, this brown, I guess, I assume silk, probably. No, it didn't look that silk. It looked pretty cottony. How about you call it chocolate? Yeah. Chocolate <laughs> A chocolate shirt. <laughs> A chocolate brown. Chocolate sounds so much better than brown. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, damn, it looked really good. I really loved the fit of it. It looked really nice. And so I love the tie. I love the way they tie his ties, the really thick part of it at the I top. think those are Windsor knots. Let yeah, me look at that. Yeah, they're beautiful. I just love that. Like, they look like... Um, a presentation style all their own. Like, he never appears without some sort of mask of how he's supposed to look. You know what I mean? Like, I just love that. Like, everything has to look perfect to him. Yeah, that lar- uh, larger broad knot is uh, a Windsor knot. Ooh, so he probably went to a private school. I don't know if that's a thing. Well, we did. <laughs> like, if we, if we go by books and other movies, we know he had an aristocratic upbringing. So, he probably does Until he was, like, did. 11. No, let's, he probably didn't learn, like, all the... Lift your finger at the cuppy thing. I don't but know. Then, I don't but know. then if we are led to believe he is more the product of uh, nature and not nurture, mm-hmm. then he was already probably very observant as a child, and that stuff probably stuck with him, especially considering if he did have a traumatic childhood, then a lot of that stuff he probably clung to it. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of a, you know, he knows, he probably observed as a child, oh, is this how people act around each other like he probably I don't know well because he is think, like a, I think it would work he is described as a, as a person as somebody in a human suit mm. so he probably is very observant of human behavior and how he should be acting in this situation it's like oh Bev died I gotta be sad oh um Will is happy I have to be happy too because yeah. it's something that a lot of sociopaths go through where they don't understand the concept that other people exist so it's very, like there's a really creepy example in the in the Stephen King book It. There's a character who kills his younger brother because he doesn't understand the concept of if I hurt him, something bad will happen to him. Because he's like, I'm the only person that exists in this world. Everyone else is just shadows. Mm. And I'm like, ooh, ooh yeah. yeah. It's a really that. good book. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good book. I like it. But I also wanted to ask the table, is everybody flirting in this episode? <laughs> like, <everyone? laughs> Chilton was basically, uh, Chilton was basically I fucking Hannibal the whole time. And so was, um, so was freaking Gideon. Gideon, like, was just staring at him the whole time. Chilton was just all making doughy eyes in the office about, like, ooh, well, I do, I do bad things too with my patients. So I think it, it's fair to say that every, we think almost the vast majority of everybody is either a psychopath or a sociopath on some level, mm-hmm. on some spectrum. So I really think they're just really drinking each other's company. Yeah. 
Because they really need a damn good reason to be in each other's company most of the time. So yeah. I think that's why it looks like a lot of eye fuckings going yeah, on. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, how you doing? I don't like you, but how you doing? <laughs> but yeah. I, as I said in previous episodes, I do love Eddie Izzard. Uh, I said that the last time he was on the show. Give him all the awards. <laughs> I love Gideon's callback to his devil comment he made with Will, where he tells Hannibal, you're a devil at the bridge table. Ah. Yeah. So, <laughs> he remembers. <laughs> but I think the scene is my favorite this episode as I love Gideon and Hannibal's constant and un- unbreaking eye contact because they never break eye contact and I think that's Ooh. a pretty creepy thing I'll to look at that again yeah it's pretty creepy like maybe I'm just like remembering it how, uh, badly or something mm-hmm. but I, I do realize that they never look away hmm. like it's pretty I mean, cool. that's like notice these small details probably because I'm too much mourning <laughs> for the first time so you guys already know what's happening and you guys notice these little things <laughs> well i just think i think again like what we just said last episode it's just like um there's no true way to learn how to make films except by watching them like mm. it's, it's something tarantino talked about too even though i don't really like him that much uh, tarantino like talked about how he learned all his filmmaking techniques by watching movies which i think is a big important thing because you learn what you like and what you don't like like, I think uh, watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, is why I love scenes where fight scenes are set in dance clubs. Like, that's why I, like, I just love the way it looks. All the music, all the lights, all the people around. Um, Freaking The Mask is why I love swing music and ex- mm. really extended dance scenes. Mm. Uh, Lord of the Rings is why I love the woods to shoot in. Like, it's just beautiful. Like, the natural landscape, you don't have to create it. I love that. And I think that's um, something I really appreciate about Hannibal because it teaches me some stuff I want to learn about because a lot of psychological concepts that they explore in the show are are portrayed visually. And I really like that. It's just like, it's like what JJ said earlier about how they portrayed you hearing horrible news about somebody you love. It's just water. Just the Mm -hmm. sound of blood in your ears. And I'm like, that's a cool idea. I may steal it. Like, it's not spent down in your notebook. <laughs> it's like, steal this right away. Like, I, there's a scene in season three uh, that I won't get into, but in season three, there's a scene where um, Hannibal's face is made to look like a demon's. Mm. And I was, I, I actually phoned Celeste's brother-in-law, who's my director of photography. I'm like, turn on the TV and watch that scene. <laughs> I want to do that. And so apparently it's done in post. But anyway, uh, but <laughs> which is cool. I just love this scene. It's like a... I love the director of photography. I'm not sure of his name. I know he's a male, but yeah, not they all. Yeah, all well, they're all. Uh, <laughs> bitterness. <laughs> bitterness is strong with this one, but I just love this like scene. It's very beautiful. So, uh, Freddie is called into Will uh, into the hospital to meet with Will, hmm. and so she tells him that her demo uh, that she he needs to. He needs to talk to her demographic. And she's like, my demographic is murderers and people who are obsessed with murderers. And I'm like, I feel like she's coming for me, the scene. I was like, like, I would go for that, too. Um, Yeah, she says, um, when they're talking about his his admirer, and she says to him, so you understand him? And all Will does is smile and, like, faux blushes. He just goes... And I'm just like, <laughs> what I love though is I can't tell if that is um, him faking it, like trying to be charming for this conversation, or if that is him legit going, oh, you know. Psh, psh. I think it's him. I think I understand him. You know, like I don't know, twirl the hairs. 
do the ankle thing. Like, I, I think know. it's him faking it because he he doesn't like uh, with people he really enjoyed like Alana. He is not flirting with them. Like, yeah, I'm thinking. I'm wondering if this is, is all just act? like a it's an act. Yeah, yeah but still, it was also- really <laughs> then it's really creepy. Good. Yeah, I was sitting here going, "Oh, you puppy," mm. and then wait a second, <laughs> I mean, you got yeah. charms. Yeah, like, I mean, got you by, too. Being charmed by Dark Will. <laughs> I would be all over Freddy's website, though, if it existed in the real world. <laughs> like, Probably. Yeah, and just be like, oh, yeah, you, and me and JJ would just be talking about, yo, did you hear about this woman who posts, like, crime scene photos? Ah. Yeah, so did you hear about that? <laughs> it would be like a rotten.com or something. Yeah, it feels like a more, if such a thing is possible, sophisticated rotten.com. Yeah, like a, <laughs> or what is it called, um... The website where the... A BuzzFeed version of, of uh, Rotten.com. That's what title crime is. But yeah, that's what it reminds me of. And I do, adore how Freddy is not scared of, of Will. Like, even though she describes him as, like, as a person who should be in that hospital, she's not scared of him at all. She acts like she could beat him up. And I think she could. Like, uh, she just get her, gets her boot off and, like, hits him in the head. <laughs> like, she could, like, get out of there. Like, I think she could take care of herself. Yeah, she's not very afraid of mm-hmm. many things. Like, we have seen her afraid but she still goes back out there mm. and still do what she, yeah. what she loves. Well, I think um, her desire for the story is stronger than her fear, usually, which I think is amazing. Cause I just that. It's like, um, it's what people have uh, when they are war photographers. Like, sometimes mm. they'll put themselves in really, really dangerous situations just to get that cool shot of what's going on. And, like, people do die reporting on that type of content, and I think that's the same thing. Like, if she had used her powers for good, that's what she'd be doing. Working for, like, National Geographic or something. One thing, I think, too, with Freddie Lowndes is she has the advantage that um, because she keeps going out there is that she's, therefore, a little unpredictable. Mm-hmm. You're not quite sure what she knows, what she knows how to do to pr- protect herself. She's just kind of petite. So yeah. you would think right away, you know, she's not strong. But then that means she has to be smart than mm-hmm. if she was attacked. So, like, it does make her a bit unpredictable. So she has that at least on her Do you think she side. knows how to fight? I think she probably, probably knows how to get self- away. Yeah. Yeah, because in self-defense, they don't teach you how to incapacitate someone. They don't want you to be Batman. They want <laughs> you to get away. So, yeah. like, uh, I remember when I took a self-defense class, they, t- they tell you, okay, this will get you away. That's what you need to do. That's your goal. You don't want to beat this guy up because that's assault. So, like, they're like, so punch him in the nose, he falls to the ground, you run. And it's always a heat. Like, I guess because you're never really going to be attacked. Statistically, you're not going to be attacked by a woman. But, yeah, it's like, if I were attacked by a woman, I'd just go for the boobs. That's the worst kind of pain. Seriously. <laughs> I just go through the uh, throat, too. I've been seeing that a lot in movies lately. Yeah, go for the but that's pretty dangerous. Like, you could kill somebody mm. by going for the throat. Yeah, crushing the windpipe. Yeah, go for the nose. Because that'll... Their eyes will close. Their, uh, the water... Their nose will probably be broken and the bone will be shoved into their brains. They'll fall over <laughs> and you run away. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's like... Uh, take a self-defense course. I cannot re- recommend this enough because it makes you feel a lot more powerful. Because, of course, like, when they t- they're telling you, like, to scream no, like, over and over again, it's just mm-hmm. to get you out of that thing where you're like, hey, no, sort of thing. Like, the, the, <laughs> like, so you're, like, to get you into the idea of, like, okay, you're really going to be attacked. You're really going to be hurting. Like, this guy's going to... If you yell no at this guy, that'll freak him out. So it's well, like... Well, yeah, because they always look for the... The victim that yeah. don't do anything to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, don't be the person who's going to be, like, trying to make nice. Because I, I think that's what scares me, because I was thinking about this today, about what, when uh, JJ earlier said about Freddie, always, knowing about murderers, she is prepared to take them on if she has to. Because she think, you can assume that she thinks everybody's a murderer. 
Which mm. he does, probably. She thinks everybody's a psychopath. Yeah. And I, I started describing to that theory, too, because I, I listened to way too much last podcast on the left. I read too much crime stories. I watch too much ID channel to think, like, to, I always assume that you're going to kill me. And I, until I know better. So it's just like, but I always, everybody's like, Sonia, you're so paranoid. I'm like, no, I'm not. People get killed. I'm not paranoid. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm the same. It's I like, survive. I can't walk down the street without, like, actually, like, like it's actually a constant. I'd say every couple of feet I will just do just a make sure, shoulder yeah. check, take a look. Especially if there's a male around, I don't care if he's native, white, black, whatever. I don't care if he's well-dressed or dressed poorly. I will look at you both the same way until you prove otherwise. And mm. you prove otherwise by just keep walking. Yeah, that's what <laughs> so, I do. That sounds harsh, but it's you can't tell by anybody. Mm-hmm. And you can't judge by looks either because those are just as... Um, uh, can throw you off. A yeah, well-dressed was, man can come right up game. to you and be yeah. like, hey, can I ask you a question? And then, bam! So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying, because they're well-dressed and they look like, mm-hmm. well, you would, your 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 walls would be down. Whereas if you saw, like, you know, like a thug-looking guy coming up, of course you'd prob- be like, Whoa. You'd be all ready. But he's probably just walking by. He's probably just getting groceries. He's for- your brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it could be, like, you can't really judge on a person. So every time I see anyone who I think might be a threat, I'll just right away. Defensive Well, because uh, it's like uh, there's a scene, uh, not to mention the last podcast on the left, but I'm going to mention the last podcast on the left. They had an episode where they were doing a section, a uh, really good two-part episode on Ted Bundy. And at the end of episode one, they had one of their girl lady friends call in to, to do a fake Ted Bundy test where they're like, okay, uh, so, uh, like, oh, say Celeste is on the phone. And we're like, okay, he's, uh, like, pretend I'm Ted Bundy. Oh, hey, could you help me with putting groceries into my car? Like, uh, I got this broken arm and I really need some help. And, and then, of course, course the girl will say like okay sure i'll help you and then of course they yell you're dead because <laughs> this is stuff that he really did where he was preying on people's uh willingness to help because a lot of girls will say like to, because what's the scariest thing you can say to a guy no like because mm. they'll be Cause, yeah because yeah, no to a guy usually means convince me so that's why I'm always like, I'd rather be a bitch than somebody, than like being somebody's like meat stew. I know, I'm just getting yeah. the same mindset as you. <laughs> Mostly just, <laughs> I'm like, a, I'm, I have like a social anxiety, so it is like hard for me to say like no, especially to strangers, but I gotta be like, no. <laughs> I'm just gonna <laughs> screw this, I'm just gonna put on my earphones and just keep going. Because <laughs> well, I, I, I've learned from a lot of things, because it's like, um, no one's looking out for you but yourself. Yeah, like, ultimately. And so one time I was at a zombie walk, and I was, like, uh, by the bridge in Osborne Village. Uh, for those not in Winnipeg, it's, like, this very hipstery place. Mm-hmm. And so we were at the zombie walk, and some guy ran out of the woods and grabbed me from behind. And, like, tried to, like, take me off my feet, right? First things first, elbow him into the face. <laughs> and he drops me. And he's like, what the fuck? His nose is bleeding. And he's like, why'd you do that? I was just having fun with you. And I'm like, you grab me from behind, douche. And I'm wow. like, trying to kick him. And I was just like so pissed. I was just like, oh, I was like, you okay. Can't I'm do gonna... that to a stranger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Especially it's a like... woman in Winnipeg. A native woman. He's <laughs> by the woods too. Yeah, I was by the woods because I was waiting I was... for like people to walk by and stuff because I was like, okay, well, this is where the walk ends. So I'll go get dinner later. And then some guy comes from behind me. I'm like, ugh. I think that's why they have those new rules now when they do zombie walks or whatever. Like, I don't even know if they still they do those. Do but, like, if they do anything somewhere. like that, it's like, if you're acting apart, you're not allowed to touch people. Because yeah. their first response is, is to probably, like, bleh, <laughs> get back at you. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, you can pretend to, like, bleh, you know, so. Well, that's why the haunted houses don't let you touch them. Exactly. People don't yeah. touch you in haunted houses. Not anymore. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, they're not. I went, I went to a haunted house, and they would. Uh, what they would do is they try and like just pull at you, just like a, you know, because, you know, they're not grabbing you. Yeah. They're not grabbing you. They're trying to like just kind of like make you go, blah, you know, just poke <laughs> you. Um, but even that now, they say you can't do anymore. Just oh, I went to a haunted yeah. house like maybe a couple of years ago, and. I was terrified because, you know, it's on your head. I'm scared of cat. But I think uh, they, like, reach out. They don't grab you, but when you walk by, you, like, feel like a hand. Yeah, yeah. They're allowed to do that. That's, That's okay. fine, yeah. Just, like, close fist, close fist. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and Will's initial reaction to Matthew uh, revealing himself as a serial killer is me when I get hit on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just all smiling. I'm like, no, 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 smiling. Just like, well, no, she's JJ smiling right now. <laughs> well, I'm just like, yeah, that whole scene when Matthew Brown reveals himself, I'm just like, Ooh. They're kind of, fl- again, they're flirting. Like, yeah, he's flirting with him. They're so flirting. I like that scene. I, I was not expecting that at all. And I was like, what? Look <laughs> away. Like, this whole scene, like, Will realizes like holy crap like the look on his face when he's like this is the guy holy crap like you can see it in his face mm-hmm. that's me every single time <laughs> I'm just like oh crap he's like, I thought it was kind of funny too like where he's like at least I'm safe in this cage <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's what he was thinking but cause just the way they have the camera like angled right kind of lower bound so you can see him like do like a really like really small side eye really kind of calm and stuff but through that whole time I was thinking I bet he feels really safe in that cage <laughs> And then he asks the question, you know, we're being recorded, right? And he's like, who do you yeah, think yeah, sets it up? Yeah. And it's like, oh, snap. Actually, like this guy. I thought he was quite charming. And I was like, gosh darn it. That's it's always the killers. Yeah, yeah, it's always the killers. The I never noticed that killers. he had a lisp, actually. Yeah. Well, he took it off. Like, because he has a lisp when he's, like, uh, not serial killer. Serial killer. He still when has a light one, though. Because yeah. uh, he has a... Cleft Yeah, he has, like, a cleft lift of some kind. Hmm. Mm, let me look him up. I never noticed that. Uh, there was a shot there... When he's about to jump in the pool, there's a, a full-on, like, uh, I think, uh, three-fourths shot just above the shoulders. And you actually see, like, a, a something like that. So I thought, oh, he probably, like, dresses up the, the lisp for his day job, his day character, and then he can bring it down. But you still hear it. It's very light. I very wish light. him, in yeah. that case, I wish they had made him uh, Francis Dollarhide. He would have been perfect. Well, I bet you that's what his inspiration was. Is maybe he was supposed to be like a pre-Francis Dollarhide. Yeah, because Dollarhide has a cleft lip that he's mm. really sensitive about. I'm trying to find pictures of it. <laughs> I'm just looking him up. But I, uh, I love how Matthew tells him how hard it was to put that corpse on the antlers. Because I asked about that. <laughs> he's like, yeah, putting that off there was a bitch. And I'm like, ah, thank you. He's like, I knew it was hard. But uh, so it's like, uh, I must admit, I'll admit to you guys and to the, the listeners of this podcast, Matthew Brown and Will Graham is one of my pairings. And I know that's messed up. Because <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Because <laughs> so, I'm like, I was thinking about it earlier when I was going to bring this up. And I was like, so I'm not into handgram because of the interest, the intrinsically abusive context of that mm. scene. But I'm into Matthew Brown, Will Graham. Even <laughs> no, I can kind of see that. Like I felt like he was like sort of like a little fanboy. Yeah, it's like I am. He looked really that. excited talking to him. I was like, I am. Well, especially that scene where they're like standing back to back and he's putting the handcuffs on them. I'm like. Jeez, you love him. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's definitely. And when he like first steps out of the cage and he puts his hand to his mouth, like, oh, <laughs> I was just like, it's like you like him, you do um, anything for him. So I brought up this question: uh, Matthew and Will's interaction is so sexual, or is it just me? 
I guess it's not just me. No, it's not. Because <laughs> he has a massive yet. crush on him. It's so like, I haven't read any actual uh, pairing fan fiction on it. It's pretty dark. I read... It's, okay. It was in the tags. It was to be suggested that that was coming. But when I would read a few chapters, I'd be like, hey, I'm not into the story. And I'd never actually get to it. So, uh, <laughs> I've never read any, though. I've read a few, but mostly because it's just like uh, the dark stuff. I don't know why I'm such into dark fan fiction. I don't know. What does it say about me? I don't know. Cause I'm I wouldn't a, worry. I'm such a <laughs> I'm sweet in really real right life, now. right? So I'm <laughs> a, like I'm an innocent person, and of course I'm just like, non-con. <laughs> well, I don't look that upset. <laughs> So why does why is it dark? I don't know. Like, is it because he like kills? Because he's in for prison him? and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause there's one fanfic. I can't remember what it's called. Let's see if it's on my mentions. But in, in it, um, so uh, like Matthew I- tells uh, Will like, okay, I cut the cameras so like we could have some fun. And sorry, I'm just looking at my bookmarks. <laughs> Restraint by Drink Blood Like Wine for Twerking Hannibal. It's on AO3 right now. <laughs> NC-17, so don't judge me. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just mostly judging that I was actually just going to make you feel better. I was reading uh, one. It's called uh, A Mirror in the Dark. And it's by, who is it by? Wormson? Wormson? I don't know. But anyway, I'm going to read you some of the tags so you don't feel so bad about yourself. <clears throat> Although, I will say for this author... She does say explicitly at the beginning. I always assume they're she's. Anyway. Yeah. They're usually she's, girls. Yeah. yeah. She, she explicitly sits at the top of the fiction. Read the tags. This is what's in it. Some stuff is triggering. Blah, blah, blah. She mm. goes, She goes. I was exploring stuff. Read at your own discretion. So I was like, fine. That sounds interesting. So anyway, here's some of the tags. Kink. Bondage. Mental illness. Violent fantasies. Guru. Consensual non-consent. D's. Dom Hannibal. Subwill. Graham. Max. <laughs> Mat- <laughs> I can't say it. Masochism? Mat- yeah, sure. Sadism. Uh, show typical violence. Medical attention. Helplessness. Will Graham has encephalitis. Biting. Uh, porn with plot. King porn. <laughs> impact play. Belts. Hannibal feel- feeds Will by hand. Hannibal is Hannibal. An- anal figuring. fingering. Oral sex. Shibari. Masochist. It gets on and on. Self-harm. Blood play. Clothing kink. Tooth- How long is this fanfic? <laughs> Toothbrushing, anal sex, hurt, comfort, angst. So that's the last. Time. That's the last one. <laughs> so off, like, so do not feel bad. It just gets like worse and worse. <laughs> and then and then angst. See, I've read worse. I was, but this person actually writes it pretty good. Although you could tell she kind of forgets every once in a while because it's kind of like pretty sure Hannibal would never say that. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure Will would oh, never say but, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, whatever. Well, kind of, they use, uh, you can tell this person's probably kind of young because some of the colloquialisms they say to each other are, are young, a yeah. little young, a little modern, mm-hmm. and I was like, they would never say that to each other, <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, just the, just putting that out there, <laughs> don't feel bad, I've read worse, and by the way, if Wormston is listening, hurry up. <laughs> she, she says she's got 25 chapters, and I finally got to 19 and I'm still waiting on the rest. <laughs> so the actor that plays Matthew is Jonathan Tucker, who is currently on uh, the uh, American Gods too. So I was gonna say, yeah, he is. A so, lot of a lot of the Hannibal cast is actually in American Gods. Mm. It's pretty oh, like freaking awesome. Oh. Alternate universe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Will tells Matthew, "I want you to kill Hannibal Lecter. Take that hanogram." <laughs> 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 I win. <laughs> so, but it's a, it's a really cool thing because I'm just like, the way he says it is like, 
Like, he <laughs> wants him to go get him a wedding ring or something. He's like, I want you to kill Hannibal Lecter. But you know what's so weird, though? Is when Hannibal learns that, like, Will asked you to do this. And he's hurt! <laughs> like, no, like, it's weird. He is a mix of hurt, but also, like, yes. Yes! <laughs> but... Shit. <laughs> you know, like, I am kind of in. thinking about me. Yeah, he's thinking about me. Yeah, just swinging. He's like, he what else did he say about me? He cares about me enough to go have someone come, come kill me. me. Yeah, that's what, like, I think, like, Hannibal is totally a mix of, like, well, shit, I'm gonna die, but at the same time, it's like, go you, Hannibal. Yeah, go well. Go well. <laughs> So to jump ahead, uh, so at the end of the episode, Matthew tells Hannibal the Iroquois used to eat their enemies to take their strength. Mm. I remember first seeing this episode and going, oh yeah, shout out to my homies <laughs> in Montreal. <laughs> uh, so the Iroquois were a group, uh, well are, a group of indigenous peoples of North America who are comprised of five, uh, now six, smaller groups of which the Mohawk are a part of. JJ and I know a bunch of Mohawk folks out in Quebec, so mm-hmm. I, I give another shout out to the Guananake. Yeah, I said it right. <laughs> As they're properly known, because I hate referring to people. Uh, like I, all this research I did for this week's under the table is really was really ethnocentric. Like it was all like white people going, "Man, those crazy brown people." <laughs> Let me tell you about them, Mohawk. It's like, well, no. <laughs> but I didn't want to go harass our friends and go. So your ancestors ate people, right? Because <laughs> oh you'll know, right? Yeah, I'm just like, I'm going to go to our friend Roxanne and be like, yeah, it's your ancestors. Eat people. <laughs> so, but, What's that like? So rather than focus solely on the Iroquois, I decided that this week's Under the Table segment would focus on cannibalism in indigenous groups of North America. So, awesome. now reports of cannibalism in indigenous people during first contact are considered unreliable as the missionaries and other settlers tended not to be the nicest people Except. when it came to the brown people they encountered in the New World. It was easier to steal land if you claimed the people who were already there were monsters who ate people. So European travelers to South America were not allowed to enslave the people they encountered by royal decree. But were allowed to enslave people and kill them if the locals committed horrible crimes, such as eating people. So mm. there was a sudden reports of uh, the, how the Aztecs ate flesh right. off of their enemies, which we don't know. Well, we we know that they probably did, but like it was more, it was probably, probably not to, dead. it was probably not to the extent that they said. But yeah, they, it was just an excuse for the Spanish to to uh, enslave a bunch of people. Mm. So. According to anthropological records, almost every indigenous group in North America has been witnessed committing cannibalism, including the Cree. But however, as we know, indigenous societies on the whole considered the eating of human flesh as supremely taboo and only done under extreme duress, and even then, they wouldn't. Uh, cultures that would consume human flesh would only do so ritually in only a small portion of the body. We saw this with Alukasak uh, from last season of our show, who ate a portion of the livers of the missionaries he killed, so he would not be haunted by their spirits. The Iroquois supposedly ate a portion of their enemies after prolonged torture. Missionaries witnessed Iroquois men roasting and eating the hearts of captives who had been tortured and killed, as eating your enemy is to perform an extreme form of physical dominance. 
Again, it is unclear how widespread cannibalism could have been, as the people who claim to have seen others eating human flesh had reasons to play it up. Uh, other natives were being dominated by the Iroquois during pre-contact and contact times, and so and they owned most of ha almost half of North America pre-contact pre-contact so when white people started showing up of course they would have been like let me tell you how big of a people eater those iroquois are because <laughs> mm. like they were being dominated by them so it's like hey these white people seem legit let's go have them kill the iroquois <laughs> for us so there's no quicker way to get someone on your side than by saying those other people eat human flesh so you know my neighbor saw him eating a heart once <laughs> <laughs> that it's really interesting stuff to look up because it's like really fascinating to read how like the beliefs of why people would eat human flesh it's mostly because there's a lot of beliefs about how the human body how the human soul will stay in your body for four days so if you eat that so say if i died and celeste wanted to want hated me if celeste ate me four days in the four days before my spirit went off to the spirit world then i would never go to the spirit world like hmm. the, she denied me that so it's another way of getting at your energy. Bitch. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so it's a pretty cool topic, even though it was very, very difficult to find legit sources, because it's all about, um, a lot of it focused on the Maoris, who traditionally did eat a lot of people, so, who are pretty cool. I really, really want to go to New Zealand one day. I know, me too. Yeah, because it's like the Maori were badasses. Like, when they found, when white people started coming to New Zealand, they were just like, okay, we're killing everybody. <laughs> I was like, yeah! I think the next time either you or me, or or even both, get a film in the Maori Film Festival, we, gotta we go. just gotta go. Yeah, that's what just I'm planning to, to do with uh, just a show. my next film. Just then you guys can, like, go. take me along. <laughs> yeah. I'll hide in the suitcase for you have to. But yeah, like, it's pretty cool to read about this, because like it seems that a lot of us did have a lot of natives had uh chances where we would eat people and try to justify it like in terms of in in cases of famine in cases of like that's why there's so many uh monster stories about monsters that eat human flesh because mm, it would have to happen mm. yeah because like it wasn't easy to survive a winter in canada back then like, even for the natives who knew how to do it properly. Mm. And so, like, there's a lot of cases of people claiming they became Wendigos. And so it's pretty cool. Like, I, I really love reading about this stuff. Again, but I couldn't find really academic sources. Uh, so, like, it's hard, yeah. Um, sorry. No, sorry <laughs> like, ahead. the Wendigo stories. Like, isn't, like, the more you talk about the Wendigos, the more The more they're coming. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> so, <laughs> it's so scary. <laughs> scary when you talk about them. Well, because the Wendigo uh, can mimic voices, which they do in the game Until Dawn. They can, uh, they grow in size so that they never get full. So they have to eat more and more. Oh, so God. the more they eat, the more, the bigger they get. Uh, and Ooh, that explains why the window goes kept changing sizes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Good on you, Brian nice. Fuller. I think that's a total accident. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Well, because I did tell you about when I met Brian Fuller, and I'm like, you wrote the window go properly. Good on you, man. And he was like, thank you. <laughs> but I do love the scene where Will becomes the Wendigo. Yeah. That was a cool-ass scene. Because it, it's a bigger, it's bigger antlers. Like, he's becoming mm. this, the, as Until Dawn calls it, the head Wendigo. <laughs> like, let me pick up Until Dawn right now. Well, no, I won't because it'll spoil it. <laughs> but, um, I love Chilton being a bitch to, uh, to, uh, what's your face? Alana. Uh, Alana. I just love all the terrible people on this show. Because he's like, yeah, there's no reason to be a bitch to her. Because, like, she's just looking at the camera and sees that, uh, Gideon is back in the hospital. I'm wondering why. Because, like, mm. he, he disembowels the guy who runs the hospital. So it's like, why is he here? And Chilton's like, well, he's here because I asked him to be. 
And then he walks away. <laughs> so, like, did like, you know, like, Alana do a snarky remark? Oh, yeah, she did. Like, I'm just saying, like, like, this is what Chilton in his mind saw. <laughs> so, what really happened is what you saw. She just slam dunked him. But, yeah, it's pretty cool. I just love that, I love that scene. Because I love how he has no reason to be bitchy, but he is. Well, no, he has all the reasons to be bitchy. So, he got disemboweled by a man. It's his personality. <laughs> it's always fun when, uh, uh, when you finally, when, you know, because uh, from their... Uh, Gideon tells Alana, like, oh, a little birdie told me. <laughs> so you better go save somebody before they die. Yeah, um, I love that. When Jack, uh, f- fun film note here, I was watching the show, well, duh, and uh, <laughs> and the shot where they come into the pool, Jack and Alana come walk, and you can see those windows behind them, and there's a dolly shot that follows them. I think it cuts into two dolly shots. Anyway, I was just playfully like, I'm going to watch the back windows and see if I see any crew. And I watch, yes, you do. <laughs> So if you watch it again, you'll see you crew. Stop. My crew just kind of chilling in the back. No. I'm always just, I blame that on the AD. AD, yeah. you should have been on it. should have known, yeah. yeah. But I love um, that Gideon wanted to save Will from killing Hannibal solely because he likes Alana. Again, it's very Silence of the Lambs. Like, I think um, freaking uh, Hannibal did a similar thing in Silence of the Lambs for Clarice because she was insulted by that guy in the next cell and he was like okay I'll help you now because like I cannot stand that <laughs> like yeah. cannot stand that rudeness but I just love that he's like okay you were nice to me like this is what's gonna happen if you don't change it hmm. I just love that uh, so we've come to the most erotic scene in the history of the show I like how Matthew <laughs> races Hannibal in the pool just to prove he can beat him <laughs> I know right it's like I'm younger and stronger than you <laughs> And Matthew's body was really nice. I was just like, the whole time I was like, oh. Well, so was massive. Yeah, exactly. I get it. I get to that. I yeah, I thought it'd be good. At that scene, I was like, man, these guys are probably having fun. <laughs> But I am concerned about Alana and Jack's police skills when they go through Hannibal's office as they do not find anything incriminating. He has something there. <laughs> like, he does. And well, they weren't literally looking for something incriminating. They were just seeing if he was alive. <laughs> it's like, where is he going? Oh, I guess they weren't. Or if any struggle stuff. happened, you know? Yeah. So. But still, at to be fair. I was just like, uh, so if I can be a girl for a moment. I was living for that scene where Matthew's talking to Han- and Hannibal's chest is in the foreground. I was like, hey! <laughs> I know Hannibal is being tortured, but good god damn. That was a nice scene. <laughs> well, you know what's funny, too? Uh, someone note. Uh, well, I didn't notice it, but I was looking at Tumblr, and someone did a Tumblr uh, gift set and noticed that uh, Mass's hair changes from... <laughs> Season two to season three or something? I don't know. He's more hairy in season two, and then, like, the hair went away in season three, and it's more trim. Well, because he's looking in the... Oh, okay, I can't say that. Okay. Well, who knows the reason, but I just thought, like, oh, well, come on, guys. Wow. It is winter, too. Give him a... <laughs> but I just, like, like, I swear to God, I wouldn't notice half these things if it weren't for Tumblr. Just... Let's see. Hannibal Harry chest. Let's <laughs> Of course, that's <laughs> somebody's up. kink, you know. Probably, maybe they, yeah, it's maybe mine. they, maybe they like bears. <laughs> it's not that bad, like they're religion-wise. So, if you see a scene from season three, it's not too different. Like I'm just looking at pictures of him from season three. <laughs> it's not that different. Like he does have a bit of a like going down to his belly, but but not too bad. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's quite possible too that maybe he did uh, an ad or something in between, and he had to change, and he had to, you know. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? I know that is kind of a weird thing in the act- acting and modeling world is they will ask you to, like, can Shaker. you trim that down for whatever silly reason? It's like, why? <laughs> <laughs> it's 
this is my buddy here. It's like, no, I want the rug burn. <laughs> well, it makes, me feel, it makes me feel nice that guys get that, too, where they have, like, can you, like, lose a few pounds, please? Like, I, I liked his, uh, like, even with his suit on, he's got that little bit of old man tum. And I was just like, that's okay. <laughs> well, that's okay. You deserve that tum. Because like, he's like a, what? Okay, so we can assume he's probably 50. Uh, let's see, it's 2014? Because he, uh, he technically lives, like, okay, we're, uh, the Hannibal the character. Oh, so Hannibal the character. He's a surgeon, he's a psychiatrist, which takes roughly, like, until your 30s to be accredited. Um, so he he has a very fascinating practice, so he's probably takes him into 40. Mm. And he's, like, this consultant, so he's probably, like, 40, 50. Yeah. So, like, he's an old man. He's older, old man. Yeah. <laughs> He's an older man. But fit. Yeah, he's, oh, he takes care of himself. And I just wanted to say, I took a... Um, a <laughs> A prenatal swim class with my sister <laughs> yesterday because she's pregnant, and I was Aww. like, I'm trying to help her find like a fitness course. So I said, I'll go with you. Anyway, I am so freaking sore today. <laughs> and then when I saw uh, Hannibal swimming, I go, I can see why he swims. That's a good exercise, and how he's so you know fit and keeping well, strong. It's a and good he exercise. Also eats soy gras too, which is like solid fat. So like he he just eats fatty food. So I guess he probably has to take care well, of himself he too. Also yeah. carries bodies around occasionally. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of that's, that's, that's a lot of squat work. Actually, but I do love the bathing suit. Like I was watching the behind the scenes oh, of yeah, that yeah. scene where they're like, so what kind of bathing suit would we wear? Would he wear? We don't want to distract people. So he's like, well, he is European. He is. So like, <laughs> so just like, so you didn't want him to wear like. Yeah, it would have looked weird if both of them were wearing Speedos, but still, yeah. <laughs> but the boy shorts, I think, were good. Yeah, they were a good idea, because it makes him look like, it doesn't make him look like a child, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, but I also, like, it's kind of retro, too, boy shorts, because, like, if you go to his younger years, that's probably the style they would have worn, so, like, <laughs> that boy cut. Oh, one fun thing. <laughs> um, I always wanted to try that pupil dilation thing, but it'd probably be I awkward. <laughs> You want to you try just, like, stare them in the face. Yeah. Oh, it's like, like I'm going to stare at you and I'm going to see if you're going to lie. I was going to do it in the mirror. <laughs> like, Wouldn't it be hard with brown eyes, too? Yeah, it's hard with brown eyes. Yeah, our eyes are so dark. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I wanted to try that, too, because I was like, I wonder if I could put the camera on to see if that really works. <laughs> like, But I know the truth, so it's like, what the hell? Of course they You probably need, like, one of those, like, eye doctor uh, cameras oh, to actually see yes. if your eye dilates <laughs> properly with that that was a really sexual scene though the whole time like i was like like should i leave them alone like even though he's bleeding <laughs> like bleeding out and he's obviously gonna die really horribly mm. in a few minutes but it was still like they kept getting well he kept getting in his face and like very crotch level well mostly because he was hanged but it was like, like <laughs> it was kind of making me feel weird because i'm like <laughs> It's like I like, not me. My I, thought it was I have a weird feeling in my tummy. So, but uh, but to go to the medical side, the warmth of that room was probably making Hannibal bleed out faster because there was a lot of blood oh, in steam? that floor. Yeah, because yeah, like hmm. it's why uh, not to if I can get triggering for a second. It's why a lot of people cut their wrists in the tub because that that'll make the blood flow faster, and so it's really depressing. So that's why I was like. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna die quickly, um, and also, why were they alone in that pool? Like, does he rent it out? <laughs> like, there was no. It looked like it was at nighttime. Yeah, it? it looked like it was late at night, and mm-hmm. it's probably a private club. Ah. So he probably has an arrangement with whoever because it's Hannibal. Yeah, that's right. Charming. So, like, there used to be uh, like a racket club or a squash club there or something still, near, yeah. near my building, and I'd noticed only a certain type and class of people would come in and out of that building, and I was like, "Is that a private place?" And then I actually walked by it one time. 
and actually is a private club. So I was oh. like, oh, you actually needed like a swipe card to actually get into that front door. So I was like, okay. <laughs> so I do know they exist. And that was what I thought it would be. That's oh, the only yeah. reason why there's like probably no one around. He was probably like, I like to work out in private. No, I'm fine. You know, whatever. Just And then he's probably pissed when he saw someone jump in the water. Yeah. He's like, oh, crap. Like, yeah, ruining my fine. <laughs> <laughs> but Hannibal's lying to Matthew, and Matthew tells him that he will become the Chesapeake Ripper when Hannibal dies, where he Hannibal tells him, only if you eat me. That was mm. so bloody chilling to me. Also, kind of sexy. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I just like, because that's the clearest he spoke in that whole scene because he's like, he's being choked, right? So, of course, mm-hmm. he's like, what are you, like, why is, like, oh, I'm trying to choke myself. But he's like, like, who sent you? And he, like, he's mumbling his words because he's about to pass out. And that line is the only one he says clearly is like, only if you eat me. Have you ever seen the behind the scenes after that scene where he's being hung? I saw the makeup for it. It looks super cool. And then he's like complaining. He's like, oh, my, the rope is on my Adam's apple. (laughs) It's like, like, you're being hanged, man. Um, Also, I think I'm into Vore now. (laughs) 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 I'm just like, I think I'm into Vore now. I'm not going to be into this too much. Just because all this talk about eating is just really, really making me uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah, I'll show you the part here. Hold on, they're getting him ready. Just a second. Yep. Oop. Yeah. I don't think I'm gonna waste my thing here. Hold on. Very close now, guys. So they're getting him ready. That rope comes up and it's just. A little more tension, just a bit. Stop there. And then you pull around because you try to get that loose around my Adam's apple. I don't know how that works. I love his accent. Moments, guys. How precarious that must be. Yeah. Well, um, did you ever watch uh, Back to the Future Part 3? There's a scene where Marty McFly gets hanged. Yeah, actually. And he was actually hanged. (laughs) I'm like, I want to be those ladies who spray him. (laughs) I want that job. (laughs) And he just keeps spraying. It must be such a risky thing to do. He must have got paid so much for that. Like, there must have been so many people around to make sure you didn't choke. Well, and probably the hand thing, too, was, was, was also a, a safety problem. Like, the, the thing keeping, putting him in a crucified pose was probably something that steadied him and such. Like, it was probably like a, well, it looks cool, so we might as well put it in there so that it looks like he can help. But yeah, it was such a cool scene. I love that scene. Uh, even though I'm so sad that they also kill off Matthew this scene, because I'm like, I wish he yeah, I wish, yeah, I wish yeah, it could have been around longer, too. but... Yeah, I was just like, know. well, of course, it, I would have probably been more heavily into Vore if he could make you have. For people who don't know, uh, and allow me to creep you out, which I only learned what Vore was when I started reading Clive Barker. So Vore is being sexually attracted to the idea of being eaten. And I'm just like, eh. <laughs> it's a hmm. fantasy thing. I've seen like a lot of pictures. On <laughs> yeah, when I was looking up on Google, yeah, a lot of anime came up. I was like, uh-huh. But Vore in that context was like, in the Clive Barker's context, is kind of gross. Fact, <laughs> that's actually one of my worst fears. <laughs> no, not well. Yes, I think everybody's freaking yeah. to life. But more of like giants. Giants freak me out. <laughs> oh, <for Yeah. laughs> They're not real. Like, there's a reason. I was wondering why I was so, like, like freaked out when I watched Shrek 2. <laughs> I was like, why does this scene disturb me so much? It's just a giant cookie. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm terrified of being eaten, though. Like, uh, I, I was watching that documentary, uh, Grizzly Man, which is about a guy who got eaten by the bears he was taking care of. Oh. So, yeah, uh, he was like, these bears will never eat me. Cue eight months later, the bears eat him. <laughs> so, mm. But in his defense, the bear that ate him was not a bear that he knew. And it was a bad summer for berries, so all the bears were fighting for food. Mm. And so that's probably why. And also his girlfriend got eaten because she was screaming the whole time, and the bear thought she was a rabbit. <laughs> so it's like, eh. Oh, I guess, yeah, because rabbits scream. Rabbits so. scream, and like, really? like what was that yeah. line from uh, Red Dragon? Like, the, the rabbit screams and the fox comes running, but not yeah. to help. Yeah, yeah, that's why. I never heard of rabbit scream. <laughs> oh, I'll look it up right now. Oh, no. <laughs> no, but it's a really creepy sound because, like, a woman screaming is what a rabbit sounds like when it's hurt. What? Yeah. I, yeah, I should check that out later. I saw a rabbit in my neighborhood before coming here, too. <laughs> I was, like, following me, too. <laughs> what do you sound like? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I see them all the time, too, because there's tiny-ass rabbits all around Winnipeg right now. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, there's so many baby of, rabbits. Yeah, they're overrunning the place. It's terrible. But anyway, but, uh, like, uh, I always want to eat them because, like, my mom, uh, <laughs> my mom grew up eating wild meat, so there's a, there's a whole thing where uh, we saw a goose outside of my workplace, and she's like, Sonny, kill it. And I'm like, what, with my bare hands? Like, what do we do? <laughs> My workplace. This is not Native America. Well, it is, but <laughs> I just don't like ducks. That all. <laughs> so, we're, okay. we're at an hour and eight minutes. Okay, oh. so we've come to the end of the show. Uh, sadly, uh, Matthew dies uh, before Will can prove that he's a murderer. Um, I thought that Hannibal might have been too scared to fuck with Will again, but I think he's too, again, as JJ said, he's too proud of what he's done. So, yeah. so I wanted to ask the table: What was your favorite part of this episode, and least favorite, and why? Uh, okay, my favorite is probably like the Matthew thing because <laughs> he was a cool character. I liked him. Well, of course, you know he dies, but also um, I also like you know he, he explained like kick the bucket because I actually didn't know that, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like I always hear it on movies and stuff, but yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, least favorite, as you guys already know. Beverly's death. death. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was so angry. Like, the whole episode, I was like, no, I'm still not over it. I'm not over it. And, oh. I, was, and I remember, like, when the scene came up, too, when you see, like, Beverly the first time, you know, after she died. I was like, please don't be a grisom death, please, please. And I was like, oh, hey, she's just standing there. And then, like, uh, <laughs> the scene, like, she was more like, no. just standing there. It's like, the most gruesome death. <laughs> well, technically, she didn't die from, well, no, she <laughs> died from the, from him choking her out. Yeah, right? asphyxiation. Yeah. Yeah. strangling but, but still yeah. still she shouldn't <sighs> be seen like that after death it's so oh gosh I'm so angry closed casket yeah it's terrible um, and you guys knew this too <laughs> yeah like, in well, season one I was like oh man Bethany's awesome, awesome. yeah yes, like, that's I love kept... her and like you guys kept giving each other like knowing legs it's like yeah I was like oh this should be fine maybe she just like moved away or something <laughs> she fell in love with Will and they left yeah that's why <laughs> she took a vacation that's what happens in, in Space Dogs yeah <laughs> she makes an appearance in that and she just went away and yeah. fell in love in Space Dogs in the Space Dogs fa- uh, fanfic the Space Invader one she wrote uh, Bev ends up moving away from Baltimore and falls in love with the Hannibal character's best friend and they end up being like a really good couple and stuff and I'm like oh it's okay <laughs> <laughs> Except in Canada, she did. She's not. <laughs> uh, how much JJ? Well, obviously, yeah, I have to agree. My least favorite is Beverly's death because it's just so, like, uh, again, yeah, like another uh, POC character dying, female character dying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and everyone just loved her. You know, she was she was great. And I've read so much fan fiction. I feel like she never she never left. You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so people love writing her, and it's just it's like, uh, it's like oh yeah, you died. <laughs> it's so depressing. Um, let's see, favorite. There's so much. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna have to say. Probably my favorite is everything Will in this episode. Yeah. Almost every single thing, every single shot that Hugh Dante does in this episode, it is so well done. All the little intricacies he does, the, the face acting, <laughs> you know, it's so good. And just, ah, I just, I love Hugh Dancy. Like, well, Hannibal's okay in his bleeding bathing suit at the end is great, you know. <laughs> but this but, is a Will episode. Yeah, yeah, it really is, and I just, I love Hugh Dancy's performance in this entire episode. Well, one of the best things, too, about the way the TV shows are shot is they probably shot this, like, within, like, let's say, a really hyper speed in terms of, like, how many episodes they shot. So they probably do, like, last episode, then a week passes, and they go to the next episode. So they film them really fast, so it really amazes me how much they're able to put into their performances. Like, because mm. they don't have the, the amount of time they do for, like, uh, films. So it's really, really talented actors on the show. And I'm like, oh, so good. I don't know. In my mind, it almost felt like each episode was about two weeks, mm-hmm. maybe three, depending on uh, mm. the intricacies of who died in that episode, <laughs> what uh, what art piece had to appear in that episode. But yeah, yes. I'd actually have to double check that. I'm not sure how I'm long each episode took to film. <laughs> <still angry. laughs> well, how, like I remember, some my teacher said, like one minute in film is an hour of shooting, and so I'm like, man. Yeah. yeah, that's about true, yeah. Yeah, it's just terrible. So they probably took so long to make. Like, it's a 45-minute episode, 45 hours. At most. Or at Is least. That like a week? Yeah, that's probably, yeah. Like, no, it's like 45 hours, 24 It's like two days. of If you filmed straight. But it's like, uh, they've probably filmed 16-hour days. They're, like, learning the next script while they're filming the current script. So it's like, it's a lot of work. And I'm like, man, kudos to those actors. Especially Will uh, Will Graham as, and, as Hugh Dancy. Hugh Dancy as Will Graham is, like, <laughs> carrying the show, basically. And he's, like, doing all this work. And it's not that easy playing him. And I'm like, mm. good on you, Hugh Dancy. And it's all done in Toronto. <laughs> but my favorite part of the show was uh, freaking Gideon and Hannibal's conversation. I just love the interplay of that because it's like uh, the TV show Hannibal and what the film version of Hannibal is like. I really mm-hmm. love that. Like, I love how they, they talk about how Gideon is supposed to be the film Hannibal. Like, the film version of Hannibal. Yeah. And so it's really cool to see that. And I really love Eddie Izzard and Maz Mickelson. So it was like really cool to see them yeah. on screen together. Uh, least favorite, of course, Bev. Um, yeah. I really hate how so, there's so few roles for people of color that are such as rich as Beverly's role was. Um, but I also really hate that all the girls, all the cool girls die on the show. It's like, oh. Well, they don't all die. Well, so. uh, freaking Georgia in the last episode. Oh, okay. Last nice. season, okay. I loved her. Gotcha. And I'm like, oh, she could have made it. Uh, Abigail, I don't really care about. <laughs> yeah, like, but yeah, I feel uh, a lot of the pain that people felt about Bev's death was something I was feeling too. Because I'm like, she was the coolest character. Why didn't you kill? Why did you kill her off? Like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but yeah. <laughs> but where can we reach you all on the interweb, Celeste? Oh, you can find me on Instagram and Tumblr at s a t u m w a h. You can find me on. Twitter and Tumblr as JJ Neeps and Instagram as JJ Neepin Films. And you can find me at Honey Dash Child on Tumblr, Honey underscore, honey underscore Child on Twitter, Ceramic Nano on Instagram, and you can find Hannibal's Horny Abachi as Hannibal's Horny Abachi on Instagram and Tumblr 
Uh, what other things? And we have a Gmail account. Please email us because we keep getting messages on on Tumblr too. So I try to answer those ones too. But they're not. They're just like funny stuff. People comment. To people tag us to look at. Yeah, pictures. is that one person yeah. who keeps tagging <laughs> us? Yeah, I, I swear really. she likes to torture me. Oh yeah, just like all the stuff. <laughs> Thank I you for that. Yeah. Thanks for tagging us and stuff. Like, cause we really appreciate that. Yeah, keep tagging. Yeah, cause I love. Uh, for the Hannibal Tony Abachi Twitter, I love putting up things like uh, the funny stuff because I'm like, this show is really dark. The fan fiction can be really dark too. So I just love the people poking fun at it. It's just great. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably why there's so much goofy sense of humor in it is because yeah. of how dark the show is. <laughs> like we gotta if we laugh, didn't laugh, we'd cry. <laughs> but we will see you next week with the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.